From the PSA AASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair and great guests this morning. We've got Ron Lamaster on the line. Ron, thanks very much for talking with us. Hey, thanks for having me, George. Now, Ron, you have got a class coming up that uh, you've taught in the past and you're bringing it back? Yes. Uh, I call it uh, Skiing from the Snow Up. It's about uh, how skiing works, how we ski, and how we talk about ski. It's a pretty in-depth, uh, pretty in-depth thing. And how long does the course go? The full course lasts, uh, well, it's 12 hours. That qualifies for two full days of uh, clinic, a PSI clinic credit. But it's, uh, ch- it's one night a week for six weeks, two hours a session. And where is it going to take place? Uh, we're doing it this year, which which I'm really excited about, in, in the PSAI offices uh, right there in Lakewood. Ah, that's excellent. Now, a question for you. Skiing from the snow up. Uh, anything to that title? Uh, yes. I, when I was in high school a long time ago, I read an article in Road and Track magazine, I think it was, about a particularly successful race driver who said that he he thought of everything he did in the car and how he handled it in terms of the four contact patches that his tires made with the with the track and he judged everything he did on how it affected that and how those contact patches would deform make them go faster hold them in a turn or slip and ever since then that that sort of set a digit in my brain. Ever since then, I've I've thought of skiing first from how the snow and our skis work against each other, and what we do on skis is judged and based on how to make that the most effective interaction we can. And it, it, these days, that that actually maps pretty well the PSAA's focus on ski performance, which we talk about a lot now when we talk about movement analysis. And now you also have some subtitles here, techniques, tactics, and biomechanics. So you're really getting into a lot here. Yeah. Well, I think as ski instructors and coaches and people who think about techniques and mechanics a lot, we, we tend to think about skiing from that point of view and then we go out on the hill and we put that stuff down on the snow but really what people do when they ski and what we do when we are as instructors when we're just out free skiing is is we look at what is it we want to do what are the tactics what's what's the the shape of the turn i want to make here how fast do i want to go Uh, do i want to leave the ground Uh, and that the tactics that we that we choose for every moment that we're skiing down the hill drive our choice of techniques. So that's why I think tactics are really important to talk about. And, and, and in the class, we talk a lot about that, which, what is this technique good for? What is that technique good for? To... And how about the biomechanics with all this, Ron? Biomechanics is the language we use to describe these things as as ski technicians 
as instructors and coaches. Now, I should say these are not necessarily the things we talk about with with students, people we're trying to engage with for that purpose. But biomechanics is a is really the way I think we should be talking about it amongst ourselves because it's non-subjective, it's should be unambiguous, and it is really I think the best way to define these things. Now, it, it, it's a big word, and it sounds uh, it, it probably sounds pretty high-handed to some people, uh, and sports scientific. But the the words that you use for biomechanics can think, be things like push and pull, or even shove and yank and slip and slide. Those are mechanical terms. They're pretty unambiguous. So, Ron, I sign up for your class. Can you walk us through kind of a typical night? Although anything with Ron Lamaster, I can't imagine there is a typical. Uh, oh, a couple of things that are typical is there are a lot of visual images, lots of photos, and, and, and lots of video. And, and something I've done in the last year or two, I've been uh, working with uh, digital animations on top of videos of world-class skiers. So showing the path of a skier center of mass, the magnitude and direction of some of the forces that are, that are going on. And, and I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how that works out in conveying it to the class because uh, the people I've shown these things to say that they think it clarifies things a lot. So there's a lot of that. Yeah, that that's probably something that anybody who's been to my talks is is uh would expect to see uh, beyond that we're going to be doing uh, exercises physical exercises where i'll have people put their boots on and we'll make a particular kind of movement and talk about what that movement is and then talk about how it feels when you do it and, and i should mention that's that's something i think is an important factor of the class too is we need to when you and i talk about uh, some mechanical thing about skiing. That's a fairly cerebral kind of explanation. But when you talk about it with a student or when you think about doing it yourself, the best thing to have is a subjective description of what you do, what it's going to feel like. So, Ron, what's really coming out to me is that you're educating us, making us much more knowledgeable, but at the same time in this course, you're also teaching us how to teach that knowledge in uh, language that's understandable. Yes, it's something that's, I believe, really important for us all to understand is there's a difference between technique and teaching methodology. Technique is what we're doing, and we talk about it, and as I said, this very objective kind of clinical way, but when you go out and teach somebody to do something, there may not be, may not be no words at all. You may just show them something, or you may use words, but they should, they should express it in terms of what the skier's going to feel. That's not necessarily what you're doing you may if you sell tell somebody to stick their thumb in their ear and that makes something else happen that's really the right thing well of course you don't have their thumb in their ear but that's that's maybe a teaching method that works 
And one of the things we'll talk about a lot is places where instructors commonly use teaching methods that aren't really quite accurate or even true in terms of what skiers are actually doing. And I think it's important for us to know that because we'll we'll pick some teaching method that that's really good, like keep your hips over your feet. Well, that really helps a lot of people ski better. But it turns out that if you look at it from the biomechanical point of view, skiers often, maybe even most of the time, if they're athletic, aggressive skiers, their hips really literally aren't over their feet. Their center of gravity is over their feet. But it feels like you've got your hips over your feet. Uh, I like that clarification of center of mass over your feet rather than hips because I think of you know action shots from the World Cup or whatever. And no, it does not look like hips are right over feet. Yeah, as soon as you get in a tuck, your hips are way behind your feet. Or if you absorb a big mogul, you flex really deeply and your hips will literally be behind your feet. Your, your center of gravity will be over your feet. Your arms will be out in front of your feet, but your hips aren't. So I'm getting the feeling that your course, we're not just sitting at a desk writing down a lot of notes. You've really got us up and moving. Yeah. If, if you think about what you're doing, if you think about what you're trying to do, and then you do it and you connect the sensation of doing it with what you thought about, that strengthens the connection. I think it strengthens your understanding. Also, there, there are just a lot of really simple, non-skiing sort of things that you can do uh, to, to show yourself where is your center of gravity. Uh, what direction is is the is the ground pushing on me? And we do a lot of these sorts of things in the class. And and there are things that, these are things that you can definitely do with students. Now, Ron, I'm I'm thinking here. I mean, this is twelve hours of really intense learning. We're not going to be on snow, but you also said that uh, you have us put our boots on, and so I'm thinking about equipment and all of this. How does that work? Well, boots are, as as everyone knows, are are critical to being able to ski well. One of the, we we do a number of things with our boots on to show how ski boots demand that you move differently with your body than you do when you're not wearing ski boots as we're not skiing. And of course, everybody spends more time, at least our students spend more time on their feet without ski boots on, and they need to learn cert, certain movement patterns that are pretty foreign to them because they they don't spend time in ski boots, but there's these movement patterns are specific to boots. And that this kind of goes back to some of the exercises we'll be doing in class too. One of the things we'll spend a fair amount of time on is canting and, uh, and a couple of other aspects of boot setup. There's a pretty not uncomplicated explanation of how lateral canting works in boots. And we'll go through that in detail. And we'll also cant our boots. Everybody will, will, will go through the exercise of canning boots and trying different things and relating that to the, to the biomechanics. Uh, I think that once people come away from that, a lot of the mystery of canning goes away. People can do their own boots. They can help their students with them. 
and and even though you may not as an instructor want to affect a, a student's boots, you won't want to you won't want to mess with their boots. What you can do is you can say, listen, when we come off the hill, I suggest you go see my friend Fred or the, you know your favorite boot fit or whatever, and tell him that I think you might be undercanted by a couple of degrees on your right foot, but I think you're pretty close on your left foot and see what he thinks. I think as an instructor, that's a real service you can do to students. Now, how about skis, Ron? Uh, well, of course, that's that's our direct connection to the snow. And actually, the first the first session is almost all about how our skis work with the snow, what makes them hold, what makes them slip, uh, how they steer themselves, how we influence uh, them steering themselves in different ways by putting pressure on them in different places. Uh, so that that's certainly very fundamental. Now, Ron, we've been talking about skis, boots, uh, a lot of skiing. Is this course open to snowboarders? Oh, sure. You know, over the years, a number of really excellent snowboarders and snowboard instructors have, have said to me, you know, what you talk about is really the same for us up to the point of our, let's say, our ankles. You know, the board is works just like a ski, and you make it do what you want to do by pushing on it in the same way. Uh, there's one thing you can do with a snowboard. You can't do with a ski. You can you can twist it with it. Other than that, they work they work like skis. And in terms of the techniques specifically, of course, they're going to be somewhat different. And yes, I think it's important that we know they're different. But biomechanically speaking, uh, similarities are there to the point that this would be a valuable class for snowboard instructors, wouldn't it? Oh, sure. Uh, the the movements themselves might be so might be different, but the the way your body moves, the way your center of mass moves when you flex different limbs in different ways, and the way that you move your mass around over the board and over your skis to put it in a particular place to make the ski or the board do a, a particular thing, those are very much the same. Now, Ron, as we wrap up, where can people go to get more information? Oh. Well, you can go directly to my website, ronlamaster.com. Uh, should be right on the homepage. Or look me up on Facebook. And, Ron, when does this start? Uh, what times? It starts on October 2nd, Tuesday. Runs six consecutive Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. And uh, w one thing I want to mention is it's open to everybody. You don't need to be a PSIA member. And one last time, too, this is educational credit for uh, Continuing Ed? Right. Uh, 12 hours of, of uh, credit for the whole course, and uh, that'll actually give you all the credits you need for two, for two years of PSIA certification. Well, skiing from the snow up with Ron Lamaster, techniques, tactics, and biomechanics. Ron, thanks so much for joining us this morning. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. From the PSIA AASI studios, you've been listening to First Chair. I'm George Thomas.